stay at home on nine to five, raising your babies with joy and pride. A real ass mom, your real ass mom, taking care of business. Real Mama Pod, real ass mom sharing real ass experiences, the things people don't tell you. Hey, Mama, hey. Hey, Mama, hey. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. How are you? I am doing well on this evening. It's been a week already, but you know, hanging in there. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a bit under the weather, um, so I'm just trying to hang in there. So I won't be participating in Mama Juice because I just took some medicine. But at least I don't sound as bad as Bianca's episode. (laughs) Well, you didn't sound terrible on that episode. I did. No, you didn't. Anyway, I'm super stoked for tonight's episode. So (laughs) I literally set an alarm. I took a nap. I told Drew. I told Jay. I told Jared. I told you, make sure I'm up by 730. So. Yes, and all four of us made sure you were awake sure by 7.30. So I hope you are energized and are ready to have this conversation because it's going to be a good one. I know. We're talking about sex and intimacy. I hope you're awake. And we have like a whole expert. Yes, real legit expert. Like this is going to be a fun episode and I'm excited. Listen, if y'all don't follow Dr. Jack, After this episode, seriously, hit the follow, like, share, whatever. Share with your friends. Do all of it. Because when I say the truth, (laughs) the truth, okay? We had a couple's trip, uh, what, two weeks ago? Mm, Yeah, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And we didn't tell our husbands that we hired Dr. Jack for our sex and intimacy course. So... (laughs) We sent them the agenda, and it was on there, but they didn't really know. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, And when we just knew we was going to get some pushback, like, oh, hell no, I ain't sitting through this class. They wanted more. They said, why didn't y'all hire her for longer? I knew Jonathan was going to be on board because he's just into stuff like that. Jared, anything sex, he he there. Okay. Um... (laughs) And so for our next couple's trip, it's the guy's turn to plan. And guess who they trying to bring back? Dr. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, Dr. Jack might have uh, made some things happen after the, those sessions. And, uh, <laughs> yes. They're like, we got to bring her back. <laughs> Jerry's like, uh, can we do private sessions? <laughs> So this is life changing. I say, you know what? Not life changing. Yes. Get out my face. Oh, that packet must have. Never mind. Uh, we did our homework. I'm going to talk too much. Right. We'll let, we'll let yes. our listeners uh, tune in to Dr. Jack themselves. They yes. can reach out to her and see what she has to offer. Certainly after this conversation, because it's, it's all the tea we need. Okay. Well, all we're about to welcome Dr. Jack to the show. Welcome, Dr. Jack. Hi! I'm so happy to be here. Hey! Hi, hi, hi. And you know, I just saw you all on the trip. Um, so I'm happy to hear that I am welcomed back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're like, you know what? 
Never again. <laughs> Did you hear that feedback? Have we shared that with her? We haven't shared that with her, have we? Uh, that the guy really yeah, into yeah. it and want her back. <laughs> they had a good time with you. They had Dr. the most Jack. questions. They had a great time. They, they, they did. did. They, had, they came with them questions. I had to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> they did have a lot of questions. They were actually more engaged than what I thought they would be, which is great. Yeah. yeah. It was like, dang, they were really into it. So, Anyways, Dr. Jack, how are you? I'm doing really, really good. My husband is going to be here next week. Oh, oh I'm happy. <laughs> oh, well, you have to tell everyone where your husband is. Yes, yes, yes. Well, he's in Bahrain. Um, he's in the Navy. And um, so we see each other a couple of times a year. So I'm going to see him next week, and I cannot wait. So I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Are you going to Bahrain, or is he coming home? He's coming home, yep, because we're going to go to a wedding and then do some other traveling. So, yeah, he'll be here for about two weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. exciting. Thank you. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today with Dr. Jack, if y'all already don't know? Yeah, let her introduce herself, actually, <laughs> since our listeners may not know her or may know her. So tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself. Yes. So I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I am also an intimacy and relationship coach, and I help women to build their sexual confidence. I also help couples to boost their intimacy, to deepen their intimacy, to feel more connected, to have better sex. Um, so those are the things that I am super, super passionate about. Oh, wow. That's good. I, I mean, you already helped us with a little snapshot. So <laughs> <laughs> the little snapshot, huh? Mm-hmm, a little snapshot. So as you all can see, uh, Dr. Jack will be talking to us about uh, sex and intimacy. And so we're just going to dive right into it. Um, I know you had a really unique journey into mamahood. So if you feel comfortable, if you can share that with our listeners, because your testimony has helped so many already. And if it can even reach more, I think that will be very beneficial for our listeners as well, if you feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do feel comfortable. Um, so, and thank you for asking that. So about three years ago, so back in 2019, um, as I kind of mentioned, my husband is in the Navy and he was getting ready to actually leave where we currently are located in Jacksonville, Florida and, you know, go move to Bahrain. And we had one, we wanted to get pregnant and start our family, extend our family um, during that process. And as we navigated that process, um, I became pregnant and then I miscarried shortly thereafter. And that process was um, very, very challenging for me. I experienced some anxiety, some depression. But I think that most of all, um, there was just a disconnect regarding our intimacy. And it was really, really hard to reconnect afterwards. Um, I share with people that, like, my body, you know, responded. And I gained a lot of weight. And my motivation was low. Um, And, you know, I usually tend to have a pretty, you know, higher a libido and it was just shot like I did not want sex at all um and even thinking about like what to do next like if I get pregnant again and and, and miscarry again how will I navigate that so there was just so much on our plate um to navigate and we also grieved that situation very differently um and so my husband he's just naturally a very optimistic person and so he wanted to kind of jump right back in and start trying again and just was like you know it's going to be okay and I just really wanted space to like grieve Mm 
um, I didn't feel like it was going to be okay. And so navigating that process made intimacy a challenge for us. And so what I did was look for resources. Um, and as a psychologist, you know, I felt like I was going to be, I was going to easily be able to find things that would be able to help us, but mm-hmm. everything was so external. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, you can take this like fellatio class and, you know, or you can, you know, take this class to, to learn how to, you know, be on top better. And those things are going to make you feel confident. And none of that was working. I really, truly felt like I needed to heal from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing um, and I started really focusing on like what was going on in my internal process um, and managing my mind around sex and my mindset, the thoughts that were connected to it. I started having very in- intentional conversations with my husband around sex so we could really get on the same page. And initially, those conversations were extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we made it through. And then I also started exploring my body and getting more connected with my body. Um, and so through that process, we were able to really completely shift our sex life, get reconnected again. And then I told myself, other women need this. It may not be a miscarriage, but it may be, a, you know, stress from work. It may be, you know, I just had a child and I have postpartum. It can be so many things. But I think a lot of women, um, you know, find themselves in a space in, in life at some point where they just don't necessarily feel very sexual. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shame regarding our society of um, women who are in that space. And so I just really wanted to normalize it by sharing my story and create services to be able to help. Yeah. Wow. Man, I, I can certainly relate to that. Um, having a, a miscarriage and just not feeling like yourself after um, you don't want to be touched and it's hard to connect with your partner because you just, you don't know, like your emotions are all over the place. You don't know where life is going to take you. You don't know if you're ever going to get pregnant again. You don't know what that experience would look like. And it's hard to be intimate, um, not even just with your partner, but with anyone, whether it's a friend or your parents or your partner or whomever. So I can totally relate to that. And it's good that you tapped into resources to kind of get yourself back together and we're able to have that time to yourself. So um, that's, Good, not good to hear, but good to hear that you had those resources in place. So that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that, um, Dr. Jack. So for any mama who or mama to be who may have gone through a miscarriage or have lost a child in any way, uh, what advice would you give to her to just kind of like you shared some resources, uh, but is there anything in addition that you would offer, suggest to kind of get herself back to a place? where she wants to be intimate with not only her partner, but herself or even her, her friends or family. Yeah. So one thing that's going to be important is take all the time that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, you know, allowing yourself to slow down. I think generally speaking in our day-to-day lives, like we are on the go, right? And especially like high achieving women, like there's a, just, there's a lot of that we are working towards. Mm-hmm. And so even to be able to slow down to, you know, really tap into like what our body is telling us that it needs um, can be a challenge. So that would be first and foremost, like slowing down and really listening to your body because it does speak to us. And oftentimes we're moving so quickly and we're on to, you know, the next goal that we're not even necessarily tapping into that. So that would be number one. Um, And then number two is like find someone 
someone that you feel like you can really get vulnerable with and share your experience with them, right? Mm -hmm. I love how you mentioned like, not just intimacy with your partner, but intimacy with individuals in general can be a challenge. And so I love that we're having this conversation, that we're opening up this dialogue. I know, you know, and I've shared this with you before, Kendra, but you being public and sharing about your miscarriage via social media was a strong encouragement for me to do the same. And so I think like tapping into your community, your resources, and even if it's one person, being mm -hmm. able to have somebody that you're able to communicate and talk with is going to be really important. Um, and then regarding relationships, um, one thing that I tell couples, because um, I do have a specialization of, you know, working with couples who have experienced fertility challenges or miscarriage, one thing I will say is allow yourself to take sex off the table um, for a amount of time if necessary. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, like in the, when you're trying to expand your family and you're really, really focused on sex for reproduction, it can start to feel like a chore and your body can actually, you know, your nervous system can respond negatively as a result of that, meaning that your body's going to get tense up instead of be, being relaxed. Um, and so just allowing yourself to really explore sex or intimacy in a different way can be really helpful, like expanding the definition where it doesn't need to be just like penis and vagina sex, which we, like, which we focus on for reproduction and allowing it to be much more erotic massage, um, you know, touching each other with intentionality, et cetera. So that can feel really um, helpful and it can help individuals to feel more connected uh, to their partner. Yeah. There were two things you, you said here. One is finding a vulnerable space. Um, to kind of share how you're feeling, right? And but initially when I had a miscarriage, I kind of kept it to myself. I talked to, of course, my friends um, who I felt were close enough for me to share that information with. But there was something that tugged in my heart that said, you should probably share this with the world, essentially, right? Um, and me doing that, it created space for other mamas and mamas-to-be to say, hey, I experienced a miscarriage too. And just opening up that space, it allowed me to feel like I wasn't alone because you can certainly feel that way if you've had a miscarriage, right? Um, so that's one thing I wanted to point on. And there was something else you said. I'll have to think about it later. Um, I can't remember what it was. But anyways, thank you for that. I'll Whenever I think about it, I'll, I'll bring it back up. But um, it's, it's definitely one of those things that's hard. Um, and, oh, that's what it was. Tensing up your body, like having these moments when you're scheduling, like you're trying to get pregnant, right? It took us, I think, eight or nine months to get pregnant with the first baby. And that's because we were so focused on getting pregnant, right? And my body wasn't receiving what it was supposed to receive. And when I decided to just say, you know what, I'm not going to think about it. We're not going to think about it. We're just going to naturally let things happen. I got pregnant, right? Yeah. So that was another good piece of advice. It's just to kind of relax and let things happen the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I think that's off on a tangent, but. Um. No, I think it was a tangent <laughs> and a needed tangent because it, mm -hmm. it can, it can feel so structured. Um, and that can, that can be a challenge. And especially like when individuals move towards like IVF, et cetera, like it has to be scheduled, right? Yeah. So there's certain procedures that you're going through where like, you know, um, it's, you know, certain aspects of that journey 
you know, things are very regulated. Um, and so being able to ha- like communicate that um, and communicate your needs around that, I think is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Kenya was pretty relaxed when you got pregnant with Eli too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the miscarriage, I'm like, you know what? I'm not about to go through this phase of mm-hmm. like I'm ovulating now. It's time to have sex for yes. three or four days. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. We were relaxed when we got pregnant with Eli. All right. Well, I <laughs> what was that, Jackie? That I said that's comforting to hear. <laughs> yes. Y'all got this. Y'all got this. And y'all definitely we're in your not Yeah, we're in your corner. Biggest cheerleaders. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you. We'll definitely have you back on when it's that time for y'all. <laughs> yes. part, so. Success stories. Yeah, yes. success stories. That would yes. be amazing. Yes. <laughs> so we are claiming that and your baby's gonna be here. Okay, so I have a question, kind of shifting gears about sex and intimacy. Um, what is the biggest misconception of sex and intimacy? And then can you tell us, like, the difference between the two? Um, because after taking your class uh, a few weeks ago, that's when I realized there was, like, a huge difference and a huge misconception. So I felt like that question was really important for our listeners as well. Um, so can you kind of clear that up for us? Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a good question because it comes up often. And what I find is that we tend to use intimacy and sex interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Right. And sex is of course a part of intimacy, right? You're building this closeness. Like you are engaging in an act with someone that is extremely, you know, passionate and deep and special and vulnerable and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But intimacy is much more than sex, right? So I usually like to kind of break it down as intimacy has layers. So there can be emotional intimacy, there can be intellectual intimacy, right? There can be physical intimacy, including sex, but also things outside of sex, right? Holding hands can be intimate, caressing one another can be intimate. Um, And so there, and and then there's also like that mental intimacy as well. So there's going to definitely be layers to it. And really, when you think about intimacy at its core, it is building closeness, building vulnerability, right? Showing, exemplifying emotional risk to someone that you care about. And so that's really what intimacy is. And what I find is that um, sometimes people don't necessarily feel like they want to have physical sex because all of the other aspects of intimacy that are important, right? The, the intellectual, the, the, the spiritual, the, the emotional, those are not there. Mm-hmm. And those are really important to building that closeness as well. And so it really is at the core, intention, intentionally building closeness with another person um, while you are being vulnerable. And I really like to think about intimacy kind of broken down is into me you see, right? And so you're kind of seeing this side of me that the world doesn't get to experience, this side of me that is, is um, that, you know, parts of me that I may not necessarily show other people. And you're getting like the deeper, rawer, more vulnerable version. Um, that's what intimacy is. And for some people, that can be really hard because they have blockages up that make it difficult for them to open up to others. Right. Um, it's really, really important in terms of building connection. And again, sex is one piece of that. 
but it ain't everything. Um, and so we have to be able to differentiate the two because a lot of women, you know, they need the intimacy mm -hmm. um, in order to actually even feel ready for the physical sex piece. Right. Mm. I like that into me, you too. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm about to write that down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. If you think about it, that, that is what it like. Right. You're like you're putting yourself in this vulnerable space for whomever to, I guess, know and see and feel and have this connection with you internally. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um. Jackie, this is one thing that, or excuse me, Dr. Jack. You're fine. <laughs> this is something that a lot of mamas struggle with, right? After having babies, you have your child that feeds you constantly. You have a job, right, that you're required to, in some cases, have to report back to six weeks after having your baby. You have a partner that is in need of whatever you have a house that needs taken care of you have pets sometimes right all of these things need you and all of these things affect your libido you don't want anyone touching you you don't want anyone like you just you don't you don't want to engage in anything outside of what's necessary right and i'm putting necessary in quotes what advice or tips do you have for mamas who have all this outside this world all, like everything is at them and their libido is just like I don't want to do anything like what tips would you give to that mama to increase her sex drive or just get mentally physically whatever get herself in a space to be intimate or have sex yeah yeah so what I hear you speaking to um and my clients bring this up often is the mental load that a lot of women walk around with. Oh, child. And it is heavy, right? And so it's just <laughs> about thinking about like, okay, you know, the, the, do the kids have their shoes on? Do they have an extra pair of socks? Like, did I pass the bottle? Um, you know, did I make that appointment? So it's, and a lot of these things are invisible, right? In terms of your partner doesn't necessarily see the mental load and the calculation that you always, always are doing in your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it can also feel really invalidating because you, you're doing all of these things and then your partner doesn't necessarily see them. So you're not getting affirmed for it. And then, you know, it can just really feel like completely overwhelming. Um, and what the mental load is, and I kind of like to break down because I know you mentioned sex drive. I'm going to get on that in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, one of the things that happens is that that then becomes a stressor. Mm -hmm. And what we know about stress is it, it definitely impacts our libido. And I know you mentioned sex drive, and we often use this term. I've even used this term, you know, earlier in my career. And what I have learned is that sex is not a drive, mm -hmm. right? When we think about drive, uh, thirst, hunger, sleep, like those are drive, meaning that they are biological. And if we don't have these experiences, like we could die. So we have a natural biological clock that is telling us you are hungry, right? You must sleep, um, you must get something to drink. But we don't necessarily have that for sex. But what happens is that sex has been marketed that it is a drive. 
And so if people aren't walking around feeling like, I need sex, I want sex, right? Like they would if they were hungry or thirsty, then society has kind of deemed them as broken or that something is wrong with them, even though that is not true. Wow. My husband is that. I need sex. I'm I'm making this a clip and I'm sending it to Jared. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with having. So, really, what it is is spontaneous libido versus responsive libido. And people are different. And as lives change, you may be in a different space. Right. And so, oftentimes, a lot of women have more of a responsive sexual desire. What that means is that. The atmosphere has to be just right. All the clothes need to be up. The dish, the dishes have to be out of the dishwasher and out of the sink. Like the floor needs to be swept and mopped. Um, and, and I have to be touched in a way and rela- and my body has to be relaxed in order for me then to want sex, mm-hmm. right? Spontaneous desires the complete opposite, right? I could be sitting here writing an email and then my mind says, I want sex, Right. Physiologically, I don't have to be aroused yet, but but the the mental thought of I want sex comes first for someone with a spontaneous libido. And when you Mm -hmm. have a responsive libido, it's the opposite. The condition has to be right and your body, you know, may need to be aroused first. And so it's not that women have a low sex drive. It's that they have a responsive desire a lot of times. And there's guilt with that because, again, society has told us that we need to be spontaneous. You should just be, you know, in the grocery yeah. store thinking about sex. And it doesn't happen like that for a lot of women because of this thing called mental load that I've mentioned, where moms a lot of times are carrying so much responsibility that, mm-hmm. and they're also really, really touched out with their kids grabbing all of them all the time, et cetera. So when their husband comes, you know, behind them and tries to give them a hug and embraces them and tries to initiate sex, they're like, get off of me. Oh, you have a spy cam in my house. Right. <laughs> because this is me. <laughs> this is so many of, it's so many of my clients. It's so many of my clients. So one of the things that I encourage them to do, if you're wanting to build your desire and you have a responsive desire, one of the things that you can do is, um, one, communicating with your partner about what your desire, desire style is. Again, a lot of us don't even have this information. And so understanding like, hey, our sexual desire is just really different and we're going to have to work together in order to, you know, ha- make sex happen because your way is not my way. Um, but I also encourage women to hit the accelerator. And what I mean by that is there's certain things that are going to increase your sexual desire and there's certain things that are going to plummet your sexual desire right and so it really does then become your job to figure out what are the things that make me lean in towards sex right is it like i need to take a bubble bath and i need to you know relax for a while or i may need to read some erotica or you know watch some porn that feels morally aligned with me um or i'm you know may need to ask my partner to give me me a massage i may need to use my my toy to kind of start to like warm up the oven for myself um i you know maybe i need to have a staycation where i leave the kids at home and you know hubby and i or partner and i are able to you know go and you know, have less responsibility. So figuring out like what are the what are the moments and what are the things that are within your control that mm-hmm. actually prepare your body for sex um, in a way that creates openness, right? And then your your breaks 
are going to be the opposite. So your breaks are going to be your mental load, stress, pressure to have sex. That's one of the biggest breaks ever. If you're always feeling pressured, your body's going to tense up. It's not going to lean in and want sex. Um, so really recognizing like what are your accelerators and what are your brakes and turning those accelerate, turning those accelerators up and trying to as much as you can minimize those brakes. So with the mental load, it may be asking your partner for more help, getting a house sitter, even though, you know, it's costing an extra, you know, $250 a month, you know, how is it impacting your stress level? Also, you know, working out, working out and eating well, that can also impact your overall desire. So I just really wanted to point out is that us women do have a lot of control around those accelerators, but we have to really pay specific attention to what our desires are and tap into it that way. Mm. <sighs> Drop the mic. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, that, that scenario you gave about the husband coming behind the wife or the partner coming behind the wife, Jonathan does this thing where I, if I'm running around the house, like trying to pick up this, trying to get this done, he'll just grab me just to <laughs> give me a hug or say, I just, and I'm like, I appreciate the hug, but please let me go because you see I'm moving. Like you see I'm trying to get stuff done. He's like, you just can't pause for a second. No, I can't because I have to get X, Y, and Z done. So yes, I guess that's encompassed in that mental load and everything else. So yes, I'm going to talk to here, Kendra, though. Okay. I urge you to stop, pause, allow yourself to receive in that moment, right? Because that is going to ultimately, right? Those moments of connection where we slow down, where we touch our partner's skin, where it's an energetic exchange. So being able to give yourself permission to take a pause and connect in that way, that's going to lead back to your overall desire, right? Because in that moment, you're exchanging oxytocin. You're like, I feel really loved right now. Um, but if you don't even allow your mind to receive, because you're like, I, you know, I got to go pick up this thing off of the floor. Um, you got to ask yourself, is that keeping you more connected or less connected from your partner? Hmm. Okay, I accept that challenge. Yeah, yeah, and it's easier said than done, but you got it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, something similar happened like that. And like Dr. Jack is saying, pause, and I actually paused. And it had like a reverse effect because then Jared started helping me pick up around the house. And so I felt like... Great, because my word, um, excuse me, my love language is words of affirmation. I'm not words of affirmation, acts of service. So mm-hmm. his is physical touch. So we both got something in that moment. So it actually started working. Um, so I stop and pause. Now, before, I was just like Ken, like, you don't see me <laughs> trying to pick up right. my socks. I'd be on a mission. I'd be moving. Join the mission. My thing is join me. You see me, help me. Shoot. (laughs) A mile a minute. Yes, absolutely. So now that we kind of talked about libidos and what's not a drive, I'm not going to call it sex drive anymore, Um, Hmm. and that whole mental load, what about that mom who is not feeling like herself, not feeling sexy? Um, and I'm speaking for me, too, because I went from being a very small person 
to being diagnosed with a thyroid condition, which I gained some weight, but it was it was good weight. It was like a grown. I didn't like a little girl anymore. I looked like a little you know grown woman, but then having two nine pound babies, and who just literally stretched me out to I couldn't stretch anymore, like saggy skin, you know things like that. And stuff I'm not really used to. Like, I'm not, like, a vain person. I wouldn't say that at all. But I did like the way I like my whole body. I ain't going to lie. And people always say, like, oh, it's beauty in your stretch marks. And I absolutely believe that for other people. Like, I can see their beauty. I'm like, oh, girl, you done had a baby. You look gorgeous. You look so good. But when it comes to myself, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. This ain't it. I can't see it. So... What is your advice to those moms who struggling struggling with their beauty and feeling confident in the bedroom because of the way they look? Such a good question. And thank you for your vulnerability in this moment and sharing that, Devin. I'm sure so many women can identify with how you're feeling. I don't have children, but I've also struggled with just body image and my body, my weight fluctuating, was very, very skinny, like growing up. Um, and then like gained almost 40 pounds um, and then and feel like lost it and gained some back. So I, I can understand the piece of like feeling like you are, aren't recognizing your body mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so one of the things that I would say is I said every woman who has struggled with um, any challenges regarding their body, love and grace, because we are in a society that has created that narrative for us. Right. And so what I mean is that there is an agenda at play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that agenda is that there is a beauty ideal and a beauty standard that has been established. And, you know, the, a lot of the products that are created, a lot of the things that, you know, media talks about really convince us that something's wrong with our body, mm-hmm. that our body needs to be perfect. And so there's this there's this tape playing in the back of our minds from society that we are not good enough, right? And so when our body shifts or changes, um, then that can be really, really difficult, especially if at one point, you know, we felt we felt pretty confident with our body. Mm-hmm. So I would say give, give yourself grace. Um, lots of women experience it. I will also say, secondly, exposure. Being really, really careful about what you're exposing yourself to, right? So... Ultimately, you know, society and the messaging is is the enemy, right? Not necessarily your body, but what do you have control of? Right. One of the things that I found uh, for myself is social media was triggering the hell out of my body image issues. Um, At one point, I had to do some serious work about like curating my feed um, Mm -hmm. in a way that I was really being intentional about taking a a, a moment to pause and think about like how is how is what I'm seeing impacting how I feel about my body. Right. So I had to get rid of myself. Some people had to get unfollowed. <laughs> you know, they just did because like when when their picture in a bikini would pop up, my thought would be like, I wish my boobs were that big, or right. I wish something mm-hmm. was that flat. And so I think it it a, a part of it is you know making sure that we as much as we can are being really really mindful about the images that we're taking in. And then also exposing ourselves to bodies that look like ours more often. Um, And recognizing the beauty in other women, like you kind of mentioned, because one thing that I think sometimes we we don't talk as much about is that likely 
if we are feeling really critical of our own body, we're also likely probably feeling critical towards other women. And so even us being around other women and, you know, catching those automatic thoughts that may come up when we see someone and being like, hey, you know, where is that coming from for me? And, you know, can I shift that to see this person as beautiful, right? Because there's beauty in all of us. Mm -hmm. And so those would be some foundational things that I would that I would say. Um, Also, when it comes to sex in general, um, being being naked is so vulnerable, right? Um, It's extremely vulnerable. So like one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is a naked mirror exercise. Well, they were actually get in front of the mirror just for a couple of minutes per day and figure out and state out loud what they like about their body, what they appreciate about their body. That can be really hard at first. Because oftentimes our minds go to what we don't like immediately. So it may be like, oh, I don't like this back roll. I'm not feeling these stretch marks, whatever it may be. Giving yourself grace around that, but then like really intentionally focusing on what you do like. And at first, it may be like, I like my smile. I like my eyes. That's okay. But as you continue to do the exercise, what typically happens is you start to focus more and more on the things that you do like. Um, and you start to just affirm those things and pay less attention to the areas that have historically caused you some challenges um, and, and insecurities. So those are some things that I would encourage. I definitely have. I have insecurities about my breast. <laughs> so they were already pretty big before having Eli, but after like I'm, I've climbed the alphabet. <laughs> my bra size, and I have huge insecurities about my breasts. Like I'm actually planning on getting a breast reduction because not only the image, but it's like they feel so heavy, mm-hmm. um, and they never, they never got smaller after nursing Eli. So I can relate, Devin. Like we have different insecurities about our bodies, but. Um, that's, it's, that's a good question. And it's definitely something that a lot of mamas have to deal with on a day to day. It really is. So, um, so when we talk about loving the skin that we're in, Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Jack, what does that mean to you? Mm, That's a really good question. I think it is accepting ourselves as, as imperfect Mm -hmm. um, and in allowing ourselves to, really kind of show up in an authentic way in the world. Um, that's what that's what it would mean to me. Mm-hmm. And that has not always been something that has been easy for me. Um, there's been lots of times where I kind of just wanted to censor myself. Um, and because I was, I was afraid of what other people would think. Um, but I think that I'm slowly getting to a space of just like authentically showing up as myself and allowing th- that version of myself to not have to be perfect. Um, so that's what I would say, like really just being the gifts, the unique divine gifts that you have, because mm-hmm. we all have unique, different gifts and we all bring something unique to the table. Um, and so that's what it would mean for me. That's a really good question. I love the authenticity. Yes. Being yourself unapologetically. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And I can say, um, now being a mom too, like, look, these kids will bring out all your insecurities. <laughs> like, mommy, what's that? <laughs> Why are you? Ooh, you have to have some confidence rolling around, especially with Drew and Jay, because they just point out everything. But I am learning how to do that a little bit better. 
And I am challenging myself to compliment myself more instead of tearing myself down. Because mm-hmm. if I don't say it to me, I mean, Jared says it to me all the time, but I, I also feel like, is this you supposed to say that? You my husband. Like, do you really mean that? And he he said he does, he but it's, it. it's just, you know, it's, it's hard. So I am working on not tearing myself down and really saying nice things to myself. So mm-hmm. it's just so crazy. Like, I can find beauty in everyone except for myself. So just fully working on yeah. it. Yeah. I love this challenge. Yes, yes. Listen, I love that um, that you shared that because I think so many women can can identify with it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, just in general, like we are so hard on ourselves, and it may not be you know regarding our body image, but it may be like you know I need to work harder. You know, right. I'm so late when I take a break. Um, I need to be a better mom. Like it can be so many different things. Yeah. And it's like, are you talking to yourself like a best friend? Yeah. A lot of times the answer is no. And if we talk to our best friend the way we talk to ourselves, we probably wouldn't have any friends. Um, right. So, it's, yeah. So it is about like, you know, offering ourselves grace and compassion and, you know, that unconditional love. And like you said, a lot of times as women, we're so good at offering that to someone else because we're givers. Um, but it's hard then to, you know, give it back to ourselves. Yeah. And that's so true because Kendra and I always be like, well, what would you tell me? You wouldn't tell me that. So listen to yourself. So yeah, that's true. That is true. That is so true. We do that a lot. We do. Mm -hmm. What would you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, I got it. (laughs) This was was a really good interview. Um, I'm sure our listeners are going to like replay this, download, share, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It really was a good episode. But we're we gonna touched have, on sex and yes, intimacy. Yes, so. And everything. Everything. So we're actually going to have you stick around today. Uh, usually we have, I guess, leave. But I have an idea for Mama's Corner. And Jackie oh, has a nice boy. surprise for us and our <laughs> listeners. So we're going to revamp Mama's Corner a little bit. It's going to look a little different. But we're going to go ahead and get to Mama Juice. Like I said, I'm not drinking tonight. Uh, but, Ken, oh. what did you come up with, our <laughs> Mama Mixer? What are we drinking? Listen, <laughs> so Mama Juice is real spicy, y'all. I'm going to just, Ooh. I'm going to just, I'm going to be real honest. So the drink is called Spice It Up. Mm. And for, for obvious reasons, right, we're trying to spice it up. Right, we have this, these lives that has us asking Dr. Jack these questions about <laughs> libido and life, and it's like you know what? Why not name the drink "Spice It Up"? I love it. So, this is what it looks like, right? But it has two ounces of rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay, it has one ounce of blood orange. It has a half an ounce of habanero simple syrup. Okay. That's where the spice comes in. And then it has a half of a lime, and then you brim the glass with lime and tahini, which is the seasoning around here. Ooh, that's fancy. It's a good drink, but it is spicy. (laughs) I like a little spice in my drink sometimes. It's fun. If you haven't had a spice, like a jalapeno or a habanero drink, those drinks are fun, but this one is a little spicy tonight. Oh, that's why you got your water and your mason jar over there. Well, how can we reduce the spice? 
if it's too spicy so, for some of us, for mean, our mamas to be. Yeah, so for mamas to be, honestly, I would only have blood orange, lime, and I don't know about the tahini because well, some mamas to be they can they can have like spicy food. I know I like the little hot sauce yeah, on my food. I hate spicy. Yeah, so if you can tolerate it, you can add the tahini. But I would just do the blood orange, the lime, and maybe top it with some club soda. I, no habanero syrup. No, I'm not recommending that. Now, if you want to try it. You go ahead, but I'm not recommending that for mama to be. But if you don't, if you don't want it to be as spicy, I suggest it. I suggest the spice. But if you want to dim it down a little bit, I would do a fourth an ounce of the simple syrup versus a half an ounce. Okay, that sounds tasty. So yes, I know you can't have mama juice right now, and Dr. Jack, you have your water. But whenever y'all. Have some time and can. I would suggest y'all try it. Okay, I'm gonna try it. It's, it's good. good. I like it. Like I, I like a little spice sometimes, so it's fun. Yes, and if we have any new listeners, Mama's Juice is basically every episode. Kendra comes up with a cocktail for our mamas and mamas to be, and we, you know, we sip on it. We share our little reels on um, <laughs> on yes, Instagram, so you can yeah. make it. And some of you all have been making them, and y'all been very pleased. So, good job, Kenny Boo. Keep it up. Yes, we like the feedback. Yeah, and if you have any drink ideas, send them to me. Yeah, if you want us to try something, I I believe we had somebody say something about the lemon drop or something. I think we remade that. Yes, Um, we did. We made the strawberry lemon drop. Yeah, so go ahead and send those in if you have any suggestions. Um, so next is Mama's Corner, and that is my favorite segment of the show. So this is our opportunity to connect with our listeners, and you can write into us. You can give us a mama hack. You can vent about these kids. Uh, you can give any feedback you may have for us, any episode topics, anything. It's just our opportunity to connect with you all. This is y'all's part of the show. Okay, um, for so for Mama's Corner, we're gonna switch it up a little bit because Dr. Jack has a special surprise for us, and we'll let her talk about her new uh, baby surprise. Yeah, surprise <laughs> she has, and how we are kind of going to a little partnership um, sponsorship with her, and so I'll let her talk about it a little bit more. But you guys are gonna love this. Our listeners are definitely gonna love this, and. Y'all about to show out because y'all gonna be so happy. So, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! Yes. I am so excited. Yes. So I'm really, really happy to be, um, you know, sponsoring the show and introducing sex formation cards, yes. um, which are an amazing way to boost your sexual confidence um, and also enhance your overall intimacy, um, both emotionally and physically. And you know, I shared during, you know, the interview that, you know, my journey through miscarriage is what really, you know, led me to become an intimacy coach. And through that process is when I really started writing and using a lot of what I've created for the card deck is some of the very things that helped me in my sex life and has also helped a lot of my coaching clients. So it's really like a solo practice where you get Dr. Jack's method and you're able to utilize it as yourself. Sexual, as, your, as your sexual self, 
wellness routine. So um, I'm super, super excited about it. This is what the box looks like. Oh, it's so sexy. Very fancy. And um, I sent I sent one to to you all, yes. but this is like, and it has you know it's a three step process. So on every card, there's a unique affirmation. Um, and again, I love how you mentioned like the way that you talk to yourself matters. We have mm-hmm. to affirm ourselves in a positive way, and that comes to our sex. That that's true for our sexuality as well. So there's an affirmation on each card, but there's this process, and so there's three steps. You start with self-reflection. So there's 25 journaling cards that have been curated by myself to be able to tap into different areas that are related to your sexuality in order to bring you um, insight as well as help you work through any mental roadblocks that are getting in the way of your sexual desire or, you know, your, your overall thought process to sex. And then there's 25 conversation cards. So then you move to conversation. You can have those conversations with a group of girlfriends on a girl's trip, um, or you can have them with your partner. So they're written in a way where you are just building that skill set of talking about sex and building that confidence. And one thing, you know, that said in this industry often is conversation equals lubrication, right? (laughs) Talk about sex and it equals liberation as well. Right. And so when we're having conversations and those dialogues, that that really, really helps us and helps our sexuality. And then there's 10 cards that are focused on exploration. So that's really getting you connected in your body. So helping you to slow down, relax, kind of disconnect from that mental load. Um, there's a breathing exercise. There's a, a vulva self-love exercise. Right. Mm. Looking at our genitals as women can feel really uncomfortable. So I have a diagram that helps you walk through that process. As well as um, even a mindful masturbation practice where you are mindfully masturbating in a way where you're focusing on your sensuality. So it is an entire system that walks you from self-reflection to exploration. Um, and I'm really, really excited to, to speak about it here and to introduce it to the world. I oh, I'm it. excited about these and cards. Y'all, the packaging is everything. I did not want to... Uh, unwrap it, but it's so cute. So I'm gonna do this live, y'all. It's so fancy. Look at this. Oh, is that velvet? Yes, velvet. Confidence <laughs> is sexy. Oh, yes, yes. Love it. Love it, it is. Back and it's nice and discreet, so it doesn't say station card. Oh, it's the song. Oh yeah, there was a card in here too. I must have dropped it. But we'll post it on our Instagram as well. Look at this. I feel like a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Unboxing. <laughs> this is going to be on YouTube, so I guess I am a YouTuber. Yeah, look at this. This is so nice. I love it. It's so professional. Thank you. Yes, it is gorgeous. And I cannot wait to try this out with, well, Kendra and I can't wait to try it out with our husbands. <laughs> yes. um, but we're going to do something a little different from Mama's Corner where um, Dr. Jack is actually going to pull a card for both both of us to answer. And so we are kind of being okay. interviewed on our own On our podcast. So are y'all ready? Are, y'all are we ready? both answering each question or Devin's taking one question and I'm taking the other? I think maybe you both answer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to pick a card here. Now, um, okay. This is a good one. This is a good one. So I'm going to show the card. 
And I'm going to read the affirmation on the front. So it okay. says, my pleasure is a gift from the divine. And this is a, a self-reflection prompt. So this would be a prompt where you would actually kind of do some reflective work and journaling out. But I'm going to ask you all kind of just to answer what comes up for you. So this is a religious prompt. And okay. the question is, what has religion taught you about sex? And how have the messages received served you? Hmm. Friend, you want to go first or you want me to go? You can go first if you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if y'all don't know, I grew up in the South. Well, I grew up in the military, but my people are very Southern, right? We're from Florida. Some would argue that where I'm from in Florida is Alabama, right? Um, so my folks are Bible toters. We were at church every Sunday, all day. We were at Bible study on Wednesdays, and we were at Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and whatever else the church had, we were there, right? So my my take on religion with sex, I was always taught, oh, you don't have sex before marriage. Um, I can't say that I abided by that rule, right? Um, and I just have this idea of, mentally right when I think about sex and religion I think of like casual sex like I don't think of like ooh, like freak <laughs> in Miami Beach right I feel like it's this very missionary regular form of sex and anything outside of that is just against God's will right if that makes sense so I don't think about oral sex I don't think about masturbation I think like all those things seem wrong sometimes, right? Because of just my image of what sex looks like growing up in a Christian house and going to church all the time. And just sex seemed like a, a bad thing. And maybe because it wasn't talked about in the context of being married, but in the context of don't you have sex before marriage? So I know my, my answer was kind of all over the place, but that's really what I think about when it comes to religion and, and sex and how they, I guess, work in my mind together. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say, say, I was just going to say, Kendra, so many women are going to feel so valued by hearing that because I get that so often, right? So there will be women who are married and they're like, I just feel like I can't open up and feel sexually free and explore because I don't know how to turn that switch off. And I feel like it's shameful. It's shameful for me to, you know, be hypersexual or try new things or, you know, explore in this way. And I have these, I have these desires. I have these fantasies that come up for me, but I close the door to them because mm -hmm. of, you know, the judgment of, of the church, of my religion, and what I've grown up to conceptualize sex as. Mm -hmm. um, and so it can be really difficult to navigate that. Um, and one of the things that I often, you know, encourage people to do is to, and, and it's a process, um, especially when women are really, really struggling in that area, sometimes it takes grieving some of the things that you may have learned from the church around sex that may be step one because again when you think about especially in the context of marriage um the the inability to explore pleasure 
um, in ways that you are interested in and wanting to lean toward with someone who you've decided to spend your life with, um, that can be really uh, hard to wrap your mind around um, when, you know, you feel like you're being judged. Mm -hmm. So it's a process, but I I think a lot of women would identify with what you shared. Um, Myself, it's like, I wasn't super religious, but I definitely found the, the, I definitely feel like I received the messaging that, you know, there's certain things when it comes to sex and there's certain things that's not and no matter if you're married or not there's certain things you don't need to be doing yeah uh, so, <laughs> so yeah definitely uh, identify with that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I kind of agree with you guys um yeah kind of summed that up with being able to disconnect once you get married it's like what mm-hmm. now am I am I allowed to do this and it's like yes you are the good lord said as long as you marry you can do what you want but <laughs> It's just hard to unthink that and undo that. And, you know, sometimes our perception is reality and what you perceive and what you thought all these years that was so bad because they don't tell us about the good things from sex. Right. Even when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, wait, I'm pregnant. Do I call my mom? <laughs> like, it was kind of weird. Like, cause it's just like, yeah. you're grown, you're married, and but you still have this, like, fear of, like, doing things you're supposed to do when you actually reach this stage of life. So, um, yeah, undoing some of those things, it's not that you're getting rid of your religion at all. It's just, like, resetting your mind that, yes, this is okay. This is, you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. You're supposed to enjoy your spouse. You're supposed to do these things. So mm-hmm. unlearning some of those negative things, it may be the church need to do better with educating us. I mean, I understand you want, you don't want to like preach sex to like teenagers, right? Cause their minds are somewhere else, but really finding that fine line where people are actually feeling comfortable about having sex and being religious. Cause you, right now it seems like you can't have both. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That most certainly makes sense to me. And, you know, I think the sex education is lacking, Mm -hmm. especially for women, because Mm -hmm. if you really just think about how sex has been marketed to women, it's not necessarily for our pleasure. Right. Right. So we're not having a lot of conversations around Mm -hmm. access to pleasure and how sex can create pleasure. And then what happens is women, you know, get into relationships and they don't necessarily feel like sex is even for them. Yeah. Right. It's for my partner. I'm 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 satisfying my partner's needs. And so there's just a lot of um a lot that just needs to be um unpacked with that and relearned, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Yes. That well that was a good discussion question. A great question. Right. Very yes. yes. Okay, so this one is uh my pleasure is a priority. So let's talk scheduling. I think that this one's interesting, given that you both are moms. Okay. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about scheduling sex? Discuss both the positive and negative benefits. Ooh, okay. I guess I'll do this first since Kim went mm-hmm. first. I already knew you was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> scheduling sex. So at first, um, it was a hard no for me because I felt like it was going to be boring, I'm already in a routine with everything in my life. Like, and I'm more of a responsive libido person than spontaneous. See, I've mm-hmm. been listening. Um, <laughs> um, 
So, but for me, I felt like putting things on the calendar would make it so routine, make it boring, make it not fun, and just like, oh, another thing I have to do on my checklist, right? But then mm-hmm. when I actually did it, it was a game changer because we both looked forward to it. Um, we both knew, like, we committed to it, and we still made it fun, right? So we all text each other throughout the day, like, today is the day, X, Y, Z, you know, just hyping it up. And once we did that, it changed the game for us. So before I was, I would say no, but now I hi- highly recommend. And I actually got the idea from following your page, Jackie, Dr. Jackie. Are you serious? Yeah. I think because early <laughs> on you was talking about that, like in your reels and stuff. And, you, yeah. and I was like, okay, let me try it. Because I do that try. So yeah. <laughs> I do try. Jared may talk a whole bunch of mess, but I do be trying to do a little something, something. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it it was a game changer for us. Highly recommend. That's so awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And a lot of people do initially feel like that resistance. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I'm so glad that you leaned in and gave it a try and explored it. Because oftentimes what people will find is that you can still really make it, make it exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, Position can be, you know, exciting. It can be spontaneous. The location can be spontaneous. Like the foreplay, the warm-up, you can still make it really fun. And one of the things that you're doing when you know it's coming is, A, you can get prepared, and B, it builds excitement right? uh, because of the anticipation. So it's a really great way to have something to look forward to, but it can start to feel like a chore um, if you're kind of not engaging in foreplay between sex. Right. So everything that you're doing between the last time you had sex to the next time is foreplay. So that's going to be an important piece. So you are actually kind of warmed up to the experience. Hmm. Okay. So I, we, I'm saying I, we have not tried the sex scheduling. Um, and maybe it's something we should try because, um i guess sex for us has been more spontaneous or it's we're laying down about to go to sleep and it's like hey (laughs) what's up (laughs) um but it's something that you know Devin has told me that she's tried it i'm like okay but i also had this idea of if we're scheduling sex then it doesn't seem like it would be fun because it's like, like you said, another check off of my to-do list. Um, so for that reason, I never tried it. Um, and I feel like we've talked about this before and I say we, me and Jonathan, um, but we've never actually initiated this scheduling of sex. So I am open to trying it. This, I guess this is another challenge for me um, or for us, so to speak. But I like, I've never tried it before. Uh, and that was my, I guess, con for, um, or the reason why I was against maybe trying it because it it felt like another chore. And it's like, oh, shit. Schedule sex today. (laughs) I got to get my mind right for that. And I don't, I don't don't want Jonathan to feel like, like, I don't want to be here. Like, oh gosh, she's just doing this because it's on the calendar and not because I actually want to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'll challenge myself. Let me tell myself. you this. Jonathan is an avid listener of the podcast. I mean, he's probably the first person to listen every time it drops. I swear at midnight, <laughs> the 
podcast is gone for Jonathan. So he's going to hear this and he's going to hold you accountable. So oh, we'll, we'll have to follow. He's going to bet. Oh, I already scheduled it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> this didn't work invite. for you. <laughs> right. Now, I will tell y'all this. I will tell y'all this. We have scheduled intimacy night for Wednesdays. So, Sometimes intimacy nights leads to sex. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it leads to conversation, and that's just connecting with each other at whatever capacity. Um, so we have scheduled that, and that has been wonderful. So if scheduling sex is similar to scheduling of our intimacy nights, then I'm all for it because that has been great. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And Listen, when I come back onto the podcast, and I'm going to be like, so how was it? <laughs> no, but I think so many people can identify with you said. They don't want it to feel like a chore, and they want it to still be fun. Um, and it can still be those things. And I love how, Devin, like you shared, like the texting beforehand and like just the warm-up piece, because mm-hmm. that's really important. And I also like to let people know, y'all been scheduling sex. You just didn't know it. Okay? So. For example, like for some people that, you know, maybe, you know, before you got married and, you know, you guys didn't live together and you went to your partner's, you know, you went to eat with your partner and you knew you were going to stay at their house. Like you knew that you, you were going to be showering, you were going to pack your overnight bag and you panties in there. Like that, that was scheduling sex. Like y'all didn't necessarily put it on the calendar, but y'all pulled it up. And so it's just, like, you, can, you can have fun with it. In the same way, because, you know, when you're under the same roof, it feels it feels like heavier, like, oh, gosh, we actually have to like tenfold time in. Mm -hmm. But the act of actually scheduling sex is something that you've probably already been doing in different ways, um, but haven't necessarily, you know, coined it scheduling. Mm -hmm. You called out the college days. (laughs) (laughs) We're packing those bags. (laughs) Somebody who didn't schedule sex. (laughs) I'm just saying, y'all already have the skill set. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the skill set. Right. But like y'all already got that on y'all resume. Don't no, stop. Let me tell TV. you that. <laughs> See, this is why, this is why we had Dr. Jack on the show to get us together. No, she didn't already tell us. Y'all already used to this life. Right. You just don't realize it. Right, right. Run it back, run it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you great. so much, Dr. Jack. I had fun yeah, with this. This episode. was a great episode. We definitely have to bring you back. Uh, oh, for sure. I guess to give us more questions and to just and challenges. challenges and challenges. <laughs> yeah. Follow up. Like, so, oh, <laughs> right. how did it, how did things go? <laughs> no, I'm here for it. This has been a pleasure. These conversations are so needed. So thank you for creating the container for women to feel less alone in their experiences because we don't have these conversations enough. So thank you so much for having me. Um, and anyone who is listening who wants to connect with me, you can do so uh, via social media. I'm, I'm on Instagram often, so that's the place you can probably find me the, the quickest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at Dr. Jack, D-R-J-A-C-T-H-D. Um, so you can find me there. You can also connect with me via my website. Um, so that's www.drjack.co. Um, and there's lots of information there, but I want you to go to the website and download my guide, um, which has five ways to have better sex. Um, so that that's a great resource that you can use. I'll also be adding some 
new guys there soon. Um, so definitely go download that. If there's any, you know, woman or, you know, man who's listening and they're like, hey, you know, I think that I could benefit from diving deeper, um, talking about intimacy and, and bettering my sex life and learning, you know, how to communicate my needs with my partner in a, in a better way. You can definitely reach out to me for, you know, one-on-one or couples coaching. Um, And if you're interested in sex formation cards, please, 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 um, you can go to sexformationcards.com and you can purchase them. They should be available the top of September. All right. And we'll have that in the description box. Um, All her information and you can go directly to her site from our description box. So, yes, please, please, please show her some support. I think you guys will love the card. You already got a snippet of what's in there. And mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, and for September, you guys will have a little treat. Uh, you will <laughs> see what that is. I have to come up with some things and hopefully Kendra approves. But we got some fun oh, in September. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We gotta have an offline conversation, y'all. <laughs> y'all know I can't tell her stuff too far in advance, <laughs> so she'll be all right. Anyway, friend, how can they find us on the socials? So we are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and our tag is at the Real Mama Pod. And you can find me personally at Kendra Ferg underscore, and that's K E N D R A S E R G underscore. And then you can can find me at Dev Grace, D-E-V-G-R-A-C-E underscore. And um, yeah, I'm pretty much on Instagram. And then if you want to write us at Mama's Corner, please email us at mama at therealmamapod.com. And then, of course, we have our website, www.therealmamapod.com. You can get to know us a little better and purchase some mommy merch. So we actually have a September release coming out for our rich aunties. So that should be fun. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for rich auntie. Yes, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So September is a big month. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Until next time. And I actually have one for Mama Merch. So, if you're watching. Yeah, your mic is show. Oh, there it is. Look at that Mama necklace. So cute. (laughs) Love that necklace. Yes. So, this was a great, great episode. Again, Dr. Jack, thank you so much for joining us and educating us. And we yes. look forward to having you back. And I don't think I told you this, but the guys, sometimes they get on here. I'm sure they're going to try to bring you on to get their <laughs> side of things. So just, just be prepared. Yeah, you got you got a few more episodes. You'll be back for Dr. Jack, so don't get too comfortable. I'm here for it. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. Stay at home on 9 to 